Good afternoon, and on behalf of the Manufacturer and Business Association and Money Radio WPSE, thank you for joining us for Business Today with the MBA. I'm your host, Karen Torres, Executive Editor of the MBA Business Magazine, and I'd like to welcome a special guest to the studio, Dr. Kathleen Getz, President of Mercyhurst University in Erie, Pennsylvania, to talk about leadership and specifically women in leadership. And we're so glad you could join us, Dr. Getz. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Karen. Well, Dr. Getz, before we get started, I wanted to share a little bit more about your background because you are a PA native from South Williamsport, I understand. And you did live in Erie and actually worked at Mellon Bank in Erie before. So if you could share a little bit more about your personal background. Thank you, Karen. I'm happy to do that. And you're right, I started my life in Pennsylvania and uh, went to Penn State as a college student, uh, met my future husband there, and he ended up having a job in Erie by the time I graduated from college. And so we married and I moved to Erie and spent nine years here working at Mellon Bank, getting an MBA at Gannon University, and with a little sojourn in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I worked at the University of Pittsburgh to earn my PhD, and then came back and uh, finished up the the research part of the PhD. And then off we went to State College, Pennsylvania. We were there for a year while I taught at Penn State. And then we spent 20 years in the greater DC area. We actually lived in Virginia. I was at American University at the time, working in the business school, and then left DC for Chicago, spent four years at Loyola University of Chicago as the Dean of the Business School, and then six years at Loyola University, Maryland in Baltimore as the Dean of the Business School. And in a surprise move to almost everybody, came back to Erie as the president at Mercyhurst, and I'm delighted with having made that decision. And we're happy to have you back in Erie at one of the region's leading universities. And for our listeners, Mercyhurst University, originally founded by the Sisters of Mercy back in 1926, it's well known for programs such as intelligence, criminal justice, forensic anthropology, forensic science, business, biology, dance, art therapy, music, and more. I could go on. But it's also one of our region's top employers. So, which brings me to your appointment to lead the university and to be here in 2021, in the middle of COVID, by the way, Let's talk about that. And as Mercyhurst University's 13th president, you do play a critical role in the university's overall operations and furthering its mission. So really, we want to know from you, describe your goals and what you want to achieve. Sure. It's it's kind of fun to talk about those. I love the fact that Mercyhurst was founded by the Sisters of Mercy, and I truly believe in the mission that they have for education. They started the university to educate women and primarily in nursing and education. And we've, as just described, expanded well beyond that. We are now approaching our centennial mark, which uh, we'll celebrate our centennial in 2026-27. So I've come in at the time where we really assess our history and think about our future and where we want to go. And we want to continue to be a really essential part of the Erie community and to provide this wonderful mercy-based education to students, we're thinking a lot about you know, grandiose thinking about the next 100 years 
more realistic thinking about the next decade or so in terms of where Mercyhurst will go. And we'll continue to support the programs that we have that I think are uh, truly exceptional and unique in certain ways. Our intelligence studies program, our center of excellence in arts and culture. Uh, one program that I believe doesn't get as much attention as it deserves is our support of autistic students and the work that we do there, which is now expanding not just to support students on the autism spectrum, but to support the companies that want to hire those students after they graduate. And uh, we're doing an awful lot of work in that area, but we're also working on new programming in areas that are becoming more important for the future, such as sustainability studies, which we're building on top of our strong environmental sustainability program. We're also doing a number of things to support our community, our university community, and the greater Erie community. Um, we certainly are looking at the campus experience for students and improving our work in athletics, which is a, a really critical part of a small university community, and thinking about our employees and being very mindful of work-life balance in these times where everybody is called upon and expected to work way too much. So we're thinking about those things as well. Well, those are all great initiatives. And I wanted to take from your perspective as university president, because as we know, a university president is always the leader, uh, first mm -hmm. and foremost. So when we're talking about leadership, how would you describe your approach to leadership in this position? You know, it's, it's funny to be asked about your own leadership. It's sometimes better to have other people answer that question. But I like to think that I'm a, a visionary leader, that I come in with a vision. I work with others to understand their vision or hopes and dreams, and then pull that together through a collaborative process, encouragement, openness to participation. I don't ever think that I have all the ideas. I think others have wonderful ideas. And uh, one of my things that I that carry with me is I never want to think of myself as the smartest person in the room because there are always people who know things that I don't know and from whom I can learn. And so I like to lead in that way. I want to create opportunities for others to thrive, to shine, and to see their own ideas being brought forward. So I think good leaders adapt your approach based on the situation and the people you're surrounded by. So I'm not exactly the same leader here at Mercyhurst that I was in my previous positions as a business school dean. Well, I know many people have read the book Good to Great by Jim Collins. And when we talk about good and going to great, when it applies to leadership, how would you say what makes a good leader a great leader? Well, a good leader has probably taken classes in leadership or read leadership books like Good to Great and others. They'll have attributes and skills that you would expect in a good leader. Certainly some vision, they'll be able to think strategically and operationally. A good leader will have, have some patience and will certainly exhibit integrity, but a great leader goes beyond that. Uh, the great leader is self-aware, aware of their own shortcomings and their own strengths, appropriately humble, but not falsely humble. So a great leader can describe her own strengths and understand where the gaps are in her leadership or her operational abilities and call upon others to really help to balance that and, and to fill in those gaps. 
And I really do think that a great leader has to be a human being. If you're always the leader, if you always carry this expectation of people kowtowing to you, or maybe that's not the right word, of simply deferring to you, um, you're not going to achieve the transformational results that your organization needs. Absolutely. And I know you do have a, a statement that I liked. I've heard it before about an optimist. And if you could explain a little bit about how you would describe and define an optimist. So I'll start this by giving a little preview, which is I love to dance and I'm a terrible dancer. But I've gotten to the point in my life where I don't care that I don't look elegant when I dance. I just have fun to the music. I do think about this quote from Robert Brault. An optimist is someone who figures that taking a step backward after having taken a step forward is not a disaster. It's a cha-cha. So great leaders know how to cha-cha. We understand that when we've made an error in judgment or taken a step in the wrong direction, we don't have to stick with it. We should look at the situation and be, be very comfortable with saying, oh, I think we need to reconsider and do this a little bit differently. So yeah, I cha-cha through my life. <laughs> Well, and you know, you need to know how to pivot in these days and what we've lived for and what we're entering now, even with recessionary times, you need to be able to cha-cha and pivot and know how to, uh, to apply that to anything that you're leading. And I'm going to pull out your resume for a moment, Dr. Getz, because it's very impressive to say the least. And I think it says a lot about you and what you're bringing to Mercyhurst as a leader, but also from the business perspective. Because prior to Mercyhurst, you were dean at the Seliger School of Business and Management at Loyola University of Maryland. You were dean at Quinlan School of Business at Loyola University of Chicago. And you were the senior associate dean for academic affairs at the School of Business at American University. That's a long list. But what do you believe is the cornerstone of a great business school when we're talking about business and leadership, one that will prepare students to thrive in the business world today? You know, I think that one of the most important things for a business school to be great is to understand the environment in which it works. A business degree, business preparation is eminently practical. There has to be more to it than just getting job skills, if you will. Uh, there has to be much more to it than that. But it has to understand business leaders have to work with the faculty. Faculty have to know business leaders and interact with them regularly to know what's going on in the business world. A business faculty member who teaches the same thing semester after semester after semester is probably not a great business faculty member. They've got to teach what matters to the business world at that given time. And as you just mentioned, things are changing so rapidly and it changes in the business world. But one of the things I like about the institutions that I've worked at, and Mercyhurst is certainly emblematic of this, is that that business education is built on the foundation of liberal arts. And I always challenge business students to think about what they're learning in their liberal arts preparation in their core curriculum, whether it's philosophy or religious studies or history or English, what are they learning there that is going to help them be a better business leader? I even had an employer tell me one time that when he's interviewing students from a school like Mercyhurst, business graduates from a school like Mercyhurst, he'll ask them how the liberal arts contributes to their ability to be a business leader. And if they can't answer the question, he will not hire them. It's critically important 
that students understand business operates in a context and that liberal arts foundation helps them to get that understanding. It also helps them to pivot when the world changes. Absolutely, and the world changes. Let's talk a little bit about women in the workforce. While women represent nearly half of today's workforce, they are vastly underrepresented in leadership positions. So what are your thoughts on the importance of encouraging women to pursue leadership opportunities? We know it's there, we know they need to take them. So, you know, you asked earlier about great leaders and great leaders know that it's their responsibility to produce other great leaders, to facilitate other people becoming other great leaders. It's incumbent upon men and women, but the burden falls more heavily on women leaders to make sure that we're finding that talent around us. We're, we're spotting it. We're always checking for it. Who has the potential to be a leader? And let's nurture that potential and help them. So, you know, people will fill in the word there, mentoring. And I think it's very important to mentor. Mentor can mean a lot of things. I really think it's also very important to um, invite potential leaders, potential women leaders to explore, to think about that. What are your real goals? I just recently started working here with a woman, a young woman who works at Mercyhurst, and I see talent in her. I said to her something along the lines of, you're one of the smartest people I've ever met. And it's true. I wasn't making that up. And I said, I'd like to mentor you. I invited her to reach out to me in that way. And she and I are, are talking about now her goals, the things that she's doing to prepare for the next step. So we've got to do that one-on-one. -on -one. Beyond that, we've got to make sure that the opportunities are available in our organizations for women to learn, for women to advance. Um, universities are one of the hardest places to advance because we don't have a lot of layers. But sometimes it's our responsibility to do that mentoring and help our people go somewhere else where they'll be able to explore those opportunities further and thrive. And Dr. Getz, Mercyhurst University's approach to empowering the next generation of leaders, so students, faculty, staff, what is that approach? How are you approaching it in your leadership position? So, uh, you know, I, I mentioned before that I like to have a participative style of leadership and I want people to um, bring forward their ideas. At Mercyhurst and a lot of Catholic institutions, we use a term called subsidiarity. And that really means uh, making sure that decisions are made at the lowest possible level of authority and really empowering people to make decisions so that uh, they have that opportunity to spread their wings. And then if the decision doesn't come out quite right, if it was ill-advised, if there are unintended consequences of it, we work through those things. I had a great mentor myself when I was the associate dean at American University. The dean there he was very much the kind of person who would say, you're in charge of academic affairs, you make the decisions. When he didn't agree with the decision I made, I knew very quickly because he'd come into my office and sit down and say, let's talk about this decision. And, you know, what might you have done differently? You know, why did you decide that? Did you think about this? And he never condemned me for making a decision he didn't agree with. And there were times when those decisions were not mistakes. They were just, I approached things differently than he would. That is good mentorship. That's good leadership. So I try to create those opportunities here at Mercyhurst and encourage the vice presidents to do that, 
and the directors and, and everybody to encourage that next level below them to be practicing that kind of relationship with their colleagues. Well, setting that example and then as you're making those changes, it filters down and it culturally it has to make changes throughout. Yeah, they have a great quote from Eleanor Roosevelt and she said that a good leader inspires people to have confidence in the leader, whereas a great leader inspires people to have confidence in themselves. And I think if we succeed at that and in inspiring confidence in themselves, we will be doing what we need to do to develop that next generation of leaders. Well said. Well, thank you, Dr. Getz. That was great information, a great quote. And if you want to learn more about Mercyhurst University and Dr. Getz and her leadership experience and her journey, you can also read the March 2023 issue of the MBA Business Magazine or join us for our Women in Leadership Impact Luncheon on March 23rd at the MBA Conference Center here in Erie. And you can learn more at mbausa.org. I'm Karen Torres signing off for Business Today with the MBA. Have a great afternoon.